We've all heard some great lawyer jokes. Trust us, we've heard them, all of them. But without sounding too adversarial, lawyers are humans too. In fact, that's the main theme of this podcast. Welcome to The Human Lawyer, the time and place where we have conversations with lawyers focusing on the intersection of the existential and the practical. Asma Makni is a lawyer in Paris, France, who leads the legal function at Equify, the company on a mission to fix how European enterprises manage equity and stockholders. Asma and her company are enablers in today's digital age, helping people and companies implement better alternatives. Asma's prior experience includes working as legal counsel for Lightency and Institutional Shareholder Services, where at each place, Asma helped her companies navigate sophisticated corporate governance legal problems. However, the internet tells us nothing meaningful about how Asma arrived at her current opportunity in a personal sense. When comparing an American lawyer's professional journey to an in-house opportunity at an emerging fintech startup, in Asma's case, the paths seem very different. Uh, How did Asma navigate this path? Did she always know that she wanted to work as a lawyer for a company? And how how about hobbies and interests outside of her work? What are those? So we start there and follow your lead. Welcome to the Human Lawyer Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. And thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And it truly is our pleasure. I think, you know, one of the things kind of in a very professional sense is you when when as an American lawyer, when you look at where you're working now, it's a very many American lawyers would love to be where you are. And <laughs> and, and I think, you know, you're you're also at least by way of the internet, seemingly, you know, you're not you haven't been practicing law for like a long time, right? And so and so like many American lawyers kind of lament like you have to have all this experience and to be able to uh have an opportunity like the one that you have and, and you have an opportunity to kind of lead the legal function at kind of an, an emerging uh, fintech. So really, I guess my first question is, how? How did you do it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I would say the, the journey wasn't that easy. And I think as any lawyer, when I started law studies, I wanted to become a lawyer in a, in a law firm, et cetera. And it was, it was my plan uh, from the beginning. And then I had some experiences in some law firms and I realized it wasn't for me. And I think that's the issue when we do law studies, the typical job we have in mind is to become a lawyer in a big law firm. And it's the path that we're supposed to go on. Um, and I was frustrated by the fact that I realized it wasn't for me because I felt like I was trying to solve a problem I didn't really understand. For me, it's very important to understand the business, uh, to understand every specific part of it, uh, to be able to give a good legal advice. And this is something I didn't really find working in law firms. So I decided to go more towards companies and startup to be specific because in startups, there's everything to build. And so you have the chance to discover a lot of stuff. And so I started my career with Lightency, a company that I actually co-founded. Uh, so, so yeah, it was a project uh, that really uh, was like had a had a special place in in my heart. I really believe in the development of Africa, and I really believe that blockchain could be uh, something that can help Africa. Um, go towards the digital age, I would say. And so it was a very interesting 
project where I had the chance to do legal stuff, but not only that, because as a co-founder, you have to make it work and make it work means sometimes doing some marketing, sometimes sales, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that is something that helped me diversify my profile. And I don't know, I would have to ask my bosses on Equify, but I, I guess it, this is one of the things that was interesting about my profile because um, during my first experience, I had to talk with tech teams, product teams, sales teams, et cetera. And so I, I kind of got interested in what they're doing and being able to do something other than legal stuff might be interesting in, in some cases or actually in startups at least. Um, okay. So yeah, this is how I got the chance to, to be on Equify and um, to build this legal team. Yeah. I don't know uh, if that answers your question. Very much so. That's a wonderful <laughs> answer. Uh, thank you. It's, uh, I really, there's a lot of cool stuff there that uh, I obviously didn't know from the internet. One of the things would be latency. I, I didn't know that you co-founded it. I didn't know that it was blockchain focused. And uh, and so you would be, based on when you founded that, uh, you're kind of a leader. You're on the frontier of the, the blockchain uh, movement in some respects. So I guess what... Uh, when did you, or what led you to the founding of Lightency? We'll just start there. Yes, um, I would say I, I, I'm curious about new technologies and it is something that's really interesting for me. So obviously uh, all the fuss about blockchain made me got interested into in this space and I made some friends in the space and um, I helped them out uh, on other projects they had uh, on the legal stuff like, uh, um, yeah. building up their companies, uh, looking into uh, ICOs, etc. But uh, so I helped them do that. And uh, then they had the project of Lightency and they contacted me because uh, they thought I would be a right fit for the project and that I could help them structure the project. So this is where I found myself, uh, why I found myself uh, working <laughs> on Lightency, yes. That's amazing. Uh, so you you've sort of, I guess, parlayed your experience and learnings from there to, uh, I would say, at least from what I've learned on the internet, simplify equity uh, yes. for uh, European companies. And so for those who may not know um, so much about equity or, or why it's important, um, kind of in the global talent and recruitment retention kind of in that, in that whole space and like what what problems you guys are trying to help people solve. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Yes, um, the, the problems we're trying to solve with Equify is all the complexity revolving around equity and corporate management. Um, today, uh, the alternative is working with lawyers, having documents shut out on Google Drives, emails, or like paperwork, um, and managing all the complexities around having, for example, fundraising or wanting to uh, involve your employees by giving them equity can be very complex. Um, so our goal is kind of bring all the stakeholders on the same table, uh, having them all uh, collaborate on the same space in order to simplify that complexity, I would say. That makes sense. And so, and perhaps as the name Equify, uh, 
the the merging of equity and simplify <laughs> yeah <laughs> that can be yes right. <laughs> yeah exactly that can be but um, yeah i think the challenge is really good because uh, our personas our clients are lawyers so uh, I, I'm interacting with lawyers every day, and it, it, it is a solution that also helps either lawyers in law firms manage their clients or like uh, lawyers in-house manage their cap table and their registers internally. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is really cool to have the chance to bring uh, solutions to problems that lawyers have. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a, a really cool opportunity. So what about what about life outside of work? Like what uh, what are your hobbies and interests? Um, after all, we we are the human lawyers. So we like to focus on that <laughs> stuff. We like to focus on that stuff too. Yes, yes, of course. Um, I I love traveling and I love discovering um, new countries and new cultures. And one of the other cool things about my job is that it is remote friendly, so I have the chance to do that and uh, to to discover new cultures. I'm also really a big big foodie. I would say I love cooking, I love pastry, and I love eating, obviously. And then I just love spending time with my family and my little dog called Ricotta. Huh. the cutest <laughs> oh nice is it uh is it like the cheese like rick, rick yes <laughs> yeah, exactly I, because uh, it's white so <laughs> the name was <laughs> kind of appropriate i would say <laughs> yeah where so one of the things uh i've i suppose had the privilege of working with more um international colleagues and i think one of the things that really shows up in working with non-americans is travel yes way way more travel than probably the average american does <laughs> <Yes>. and so <laughs> um which is probably an indictment of, of us as americans in some respects um but where do you travel go with me started i would say travel with me started very early because i'm actually from tunisia i grew up in tunisia and i came to france when i was 18 years old for my studies so so yeah, it was the biggest travel I would say that I did when I moved to Paris uh, some times ago. I wouldn't <laughs> say <laughs> how long. Um, and yeah, for for travel. So obviously, during my first years in France, I was very eager to discover Europe. So I traveled in Europe, Spain, Portugal, um, uh, Germany, etc. And uh, lately, I've been trying to go a little bit further and discover other places. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in La Réunion, which is uh, part of France, but uh, in the Indian Ocean, uh, on the south of uh, Africa. Very, very good. <laughs> very good travel. And I had the, the chance to discover really new cool stuff. Um, they have volcano there which is called wow. Piton de la Fournaise, and it's very impressive to see that. We also did a two days hike in Mafat, uh, which is kind of a circus around the volcano. So yeah, the landscape there is amazing. <laughs> if you have the chance to go there, you should definitely. Yeah, that sounds amazing. How do you, how do you plan it? Like, uh, where do you stay? Because like in, in, in America, like, it's like hotels or Airbnbs and everything tends to be like very expensive lately. So do you like, are there yes. ways to do it on a budget yes. or like how do you plan? Like 
far in advance? Like it's just, it's all seems like a lot. So tell, tell us how to do it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so it depends. For example, if we take the example of La Réunion, uh, I have a friend there living there. So uh, I didn't have to pay any like stay location because I stayed in my friend's apartment, which was very convenient. Uh, and as I'm able to do some remote working, the travel was like not just one week, but, but almost three weeks. Um, and so I sublet my apartment to pay for the <laughs> for the for the like plane ticket and yeah so it, it was kind of in a budget yes because I didn't have to to pay the expenses that and usually is... I try to do that basically try to find cool stuff but not very expensive and do it. That's amazing. Do you always sublet your place? No, no, I, I don't usually do it. Um, this was very like. It, it was specific because I sublet it to a friend who needed an apartment in Paris. So yeah, it was very convenient. I wouldn't sublet my apartment to any stranger, obviously. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was a chance. But other than that, there are obviously so many ways to to travel cheaper. And one of those is to plan in advance because of course, plane tickets, Airbnbs, etc., are a lot like costier if you do it last minute. So yeah um that makes sense uh how about languages how many languages do you speak um i speak three languages so arabic french and english and i'm currently trying to learn spanish but yeah i i, I don't have that much time to study so i have a an app on my phone uh, and it's duolingo i don't know if you know it but it's a very cool app uh, and yeah i started learning some words but i'm still a beginner <laughs> uh, so i've never heard of the app i think i might download it after this uh <laughs> this episode but uh so how do you use it like what what are ways the, that you the use app it? is very cool because it's uh gamifying uh, everything around learning a new language so you have speaking writing and pronunciations of course and so you it, it's like you're playing a game so you have like kind of steps to do with courses and once you have a course they give you kind of a medal to <laughs> to <laughs> to congratulate you for doing that and it basically starts with the basics um so colors, numbers, uh, animals, etc., and then you start formulating phrases, and after that, it goes to get more complex. So yeah, very interesting way. Do you of gaming it? That's really interesting. Do you can you play with friends? Yes, you can play with friends, and what they do also is try to make you. Uh, do it every day. So if you do it every day, you get a lot of more points. And if you have more points, you have you can play more and you're, you're allowed more mistakes because normally if you start, like if you do a lot of mistakes, uh, they stop you for the day or you have to get the paid version. And if you are consistent and if you invite friends, etc., it gives you more chances to get it wrong and do it more. So yeah, very, very cool. <laughs> Uh, that's really cool. Uh, so do you have any, um, here's another thing that I think is interesting to highlight from a distinction between a European and American is holiday, like summer yes. and, and like truly taking like extended time off. Uh, do, are you planning? Yes. Are you planning to take August? That? Yeah. Yes, August is very important for French people. <laughs> Usually, 
few people work during the, the month of August. So yeah, this is not the ex exception. I'm actually uh, going to take two weeks off um, because it's uh, my companion's birthday and I'm taking him for a trip. Uh, I hope he won't see this because it's a surprise, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> taking him for a trip to Portugal. <laughs> uh, yeah, with, uh, with some friends so that might be very nice we're gonna do uh, some road tripping in the south of portugal oh that that is my dream place i think uh as i've learned more about the european culture uh southern portugal looks uh yes quite it's amazing nice. i or yes i already went there um i already did a similar trip the food is amazing the weather is amazing and you have so many cool activities to do so if you're coming to Europe, that definitely might be one of the places you have to check out. Very cool. So then <laughs> tell me, how, how did you find out about Equify? Or did you know the founders? Or like, how did you, or did they find you? No, uh, honestly, yeah, um, it, it was a much made in heaven, I would say. So yeah, I, I was kind of looking uh, to to job at the time and um, I had an interview with the founder um, and yeah the the fit was really there so <laughs> we went for it um, I joined two years and a half ago um, and right then there were only three people so it was a very early stage company I was the fourth or the fifth member I don't recall um, and yeah so it it was very nice to to be there from the beginning and see it grow as well yeah, I bet. What well, um, something else I think um, it's interesting is, I suppose, like being a bilingual lawyer, like you, you're able to review agreements or uh, kind of, I would assume, in in French, uh, or yes. you you could pivot and review obviously English agreements. And so, what yes. what are what are some nuances or maybe cultural differences that you think you show up like when you're reviewing like an English document versus maybe something that's prepared in, uh, originally in France? <laughs> yeah, it depends. Uh, the thing is in Europe uh, right now, it is kind of mandatory to master English as well because we're trying to have like, uh, I would say uh, a European market and the language that is more common to most European countries is English. So. We work a lot uh, with English, uh, but uh, it is not common law. It's still like, uh, if you're not working with the UK, it's not common law. It's like uh, Germanic countries. So it, the language is English, but the spirit is still <laughs> like in France, I would say. But the big difference for me is if you look at into like comparing the Germanic system to the common law and there you have a lot of differences. I would say, uh, in English, you tend to use plain language, make it easier to understand. Whereas in France, <laughs> the language is a bit more complicated. <laughs> Lawyers tend to use complicated phrases. <laughs> so yeah, and this is one of the things I, I, I like that is really important for me. I really trust legal design. I really believe in legal design. I really believe that law should be um, accessible to everyone and it shouldn't be complex and so this is one of the things i'm trying to do on equify and on a daily basis when i work to try to make it simpler and get it understandable so i don't know if i give an example 
for example, I, I realized that we give equity to employees without explaining to them what are the consequences of those. And there are like big clauses that are really hard to understand. So they are signing a document without really understanding what it is about. So uh, with Equify, we try to draft a new uh, equ like equity plan that would be used in like plain language and understandable for, uh, for all. And you see the difference, you see the difference at, at least they are understanding what they're having and the chance they're having and how it's going to go from there. Mm -hmm. That's really cool and a really uh, keen eye. I, I, I think um, also interesting perspective in characterizing American, I guess, as being more plain language. I, I feel like we're, we're trying to push the envelope further in that respect yes. and, and, and probably receive some pushback. Um, I think one of the things that at least some of the people, some of the prior guests on this podcast, and then I guess in my daily work, talk about how, how might we shorten agreements, you know, yes. like, uh, and, and like, do, because, because to your point, it makes it more approachable. Um, yes, it, it's not for, like for me, legal design is not by making it shorter, it's by making it more understandable and that can be done in different ways. So for example, you can stop doing like definition and referrals in every document with like so much appendixes for the person to make it like completely understandable and completely irrelevant. For me, like legal design is about having a clear plan, like, like, a, like a story that the person can understand using plain language and maybe like using images or graphics or anything that could help out. Yeah. Um, it's, this is interesting. This is a conversation <laughs> for another time, but, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but the, the, the perception or the observation that you made, like going back to Equify of like, when you, when you do simplify it or perhaps make it more approachable, you can, you can observe a difference in the yes. reader. You can see, yes. yeah. Definitely, because in France, we have a problem with liquidity. So like equity uh, trying to be controversial because uh, most companies don't do IPOs in the first 10 years. And so uh, the thing about stock options or the SPC, as we call them in France, is that uh, if you don't sell the, the shares you got out of them, you don't really do any benefit. So. We have a problem of liquidity and it's challenged and people don't understand the value of having equity. So the more you make it simpler and the more you make it understandable, the more the employees of our customers understand what they're getting. Yeah, this is way cool. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us and sharing a little bit about uh, what you're up to, who you are, what you like to do. Um, it's great to expand this podcast to folks who have very different experience and are doing very cool things like you. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. We need to recognize that this is possible because of the hard work and support of the well-run media team. They make this easy. And speaking of easy, big thanks to Huga Coworking for access to their studio. And of course, the lawyers who agree to take time out of their busy, busy schedules to be here 
even though we're sure they have better things to do. So thanks for saying yes.